You know, I'm a big believer in culture and understanding what's happening in culture, understanding where people are, but I am very happy that I missed the Grammys last night. Oh, my gosh. Overjoyed that I missed the Grammys last night. I don't know if you caught it or not. I don't know if you caught what was being discussed. The poetry and the the Black Lives Matter activism? I mean, may, maybe you don't know what the words are, but they're, they're right there uh, for you. This is what they were playing. It's a state of emergency. It's been a hell of a year. Hell for over 400 years. My people, it's time we stand. It's time we demand the freedom that this land promises. President Biden, we demand justice policy and everything else that freedom encompasses and to accomplish this we don't need allies we need accomplices it's bigger than black and white this is not a trend this is our fight until freedom until freedom okay well until freedom tony katz tony katz today it's a state of emergency it's been a hell of a year a hell for over 400 years see that that's a an homage to the lie of the 1619 project it's a lie was that tamika mallory delivering that speech tamika mallory one of the people uh who created the women's march one of the people who supports louis farrakhan they let that anti-semite talk huh Well, I guess I'm going to pay attention even less now. My people, it's time we stand. It's time we demand the freedom that this land promises. President Biden, we demand justice, equity policy, and everything else that freedom encompasses. And to accomplish this, we don't need allies. We need accomplices. Okay. Well, uh, count me out. Right? Accomplices mean something nefarious, and uh, have a nice day. Have a nice day. Oh, by the way, uh, any uh, any amount of money, what would it take for you to define uh, equity? Right? E- equity means wealth redistribution, and uh, and we're talking about uh, equality of outcomes, right? Like that. That's what it means. Just admit that's what it means. It's okay. You could say so. See, you don't want people coming together. You're ripping people apart. That's what the Women's March does. That's what the Black Lives Matter movement does. That's what Marxism does. I want no part of it. Happy to fight it. And there are people fighting it. Holy mackerel, the war on woke is something else. It's not just us. It is not just us. Bill Burr, comic, right? Uh, Comedy man. Those people. Are, are in the living hell because anything they say can just de- can destroy them anything well bill burr is uh one of the grammys presenters and he goes on a little tear and he ends with all right let me let me give out this award here what i'm old that was my first concert all right here are the next categories all right. Hey, how many uh, feminists are like going nuts? So how, why is this cis white male doing all this Latino stuff? Why is how many feminists are going crazy? Why is this cis white male doing all this Latino stuff? He was uh, announcing the nominees for Tropical Latin Album. I did not know there was such a category. Things you learn. Meanwhile, 
people went out of their minds as predictably as you thought. They went out of their minds crazy. Oh, he's a racist. Oh, he's a bigot. Oh, he's terrible. I don't know why you would say such a thing. I don't know why you would even begin to say such a thing about somebody. Because he noticed that here's a white man talking about Latin music, and of course someone's going to say that's unacceptable because they're nuts. Because they're out of their heads. Because these bigots can't stop bigoting and can't stop finding reasons to hate everything around them. Well, people started calling him a racist and a bigot. And then, um, well, it was it was um, found out that Bill Burr's wife is black. You may not have known that. I actually didn't know he was married. Bill Burr is married to a woman named Nia. I have never seen Nia. And here's a picture of him and his wife. And there's a series of pictures. So you're calling Bill Burr a racist because he noticed that people were going to go crazy because he was the one presenting the award. The left predictably goes crazy and then call him a racist. And then others are like, you know, his wife is black. That brings about this tweet. While I'm not suggesting Bill Burr is a racist, which is, by the way, the way you suggest that Bill Burr is a racist, while I'm not suggesting Bill Burr is a racist, a white man having a non-white wife can sometimes be a sign of racism. So you shouldn't assume someone isn't racist just because they own a minority sex servant. They may very well have one because they're racist. really should do this show by serving bourbon it should be required that you have a fifth ready to go at all times not only is bill burr a racist but his wife not a person a minority sex servant by the way minority sex servant is under a very strange category of fetish porn i'm not even sure where you find that on the internet tony holy cow are you are you nuts? And the guy who says this, he thinks he's the woke. He thinks he's the woke. <laughs> well, it turns out um, uh, that uh, Nia has um, a response uh, to the guy who says this and refers to her as a minority sex servant. And she wrote on Twitter, bitch, shut the blank up. Guys, guys, it is, it is very much okay out there, children. People are going to fight back. People are fighting back. They're not taking the flat out crazy that's going on out there. Now, this is only one of many, many stories 
about how the fight against the woke is is happening, and I am all sorts of there for it. Let me give you a, another example. This is the story of a place called Kava Sutra. It's a kava bar. You know what kava is, producer Ari? Uh, yeah, it's when you take two small strawberries and smash them together to make one big strawberry. That is not it. Kava is a root. And they do things with the root, and then you can drink the root or whatnot. I have never been to a kava bar, but that's okay. But Kava Sutra went to Instagram. Get it? Kava Sutra, like Kama Sutra. That's a play on sex. And they put on Instagram, effective immediately, any and all grade school teachers who, by choice, have opted not to return to in-person teaching are hereby banned from any and all Kava Sutra Kava Bar locations. Furthermore, masks may not be worn in Arizona or Florida locations. New York and Colorado are a bunch of blank leftists so they can cover their mouths with a dirty cloth. This has been confirmed. This got written. Unless it was confirmed by like nine media outlets and they're going to come out apologizing for it. This got written. People got upset, so they respond. It has come to our attention. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. It has come to our attention that we may have upset some people with our last post. We've been reading your comments and we understand how we may have affected some of you. So we want to be very clear. Masks are for leftist losers. Teachers unions are trash. Women are born with ovaries, and we are doing slams at midnight tonight. I still don't know what a slam is. I had somebody write me that it's some kind of prison term. I don't. Producer Ari, you've been to jail. What's a slam? Uh, yo, you don't want to know. I need to know what this is. Masks are for leftist losers. Teachers unions are trash. Women are born with ovaries. They're being called anti-trans. Um with all due respect to the transgender community, uh, men are not women and women are not men. You feel a certain way, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But you're not going to get me to deny science because, well, that's just an unacceptable exchange. Right? That's not going to work. Fighting the woke culture is where it is at. The show, The Talk, Sharon Osbourne's show, Right? It's, it's like the view, but with different people. They're going on hiatus. They're taking a couple days off. Why? Because Sharon Osbourne is defending Piers Morgan, and Piers Morgan said, I think Meghan Markle's a liar and a chump. I think Meghan Markle was despicable to the queen. And she was like, hey, he's, he, he, he can say that. Now, he quit his job. And he did walk off the set. You don't walk off the set, you know. We, 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 we've all made that mistake once. Sometimes our emotions get the best of us. So people are saying that he, that he is, is, is privileged and he is racist because Meghan Markle is making an accusation of racist racism with no proof. All she did was say it. And all of a sudden, I'm supposed to believe her. I do not believe Meghan Markle. And until there is proof, I'm not going to believe Meghan Markle. But I uh, certainly allow her all the time in the world she needs to come up and show some proof. But disrespectful to the Queen? Well, I guess people could say that. It was the interview with, with Oprah Winfrey. I didn't watch the interview. I'm not giving her my time. I'm not, I'm not a, a, a 
fan of of the of the Royals. It's just now not how I work. All right, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I just don't pay any attention. If I met Prince William, I'd be like, "Hey, how are you?" If I got a chance to interview the Queen, oh, would I be super excited? But I'm not bowing. I'm not, you know, doing any of that. Your Majesty, have a seat. How are you? Can I get you a cookie? I mean, what else am I going to say? And then I'm going to ask her about the Blitzkrieg, and we're going to go from there. But she, Sharon Osbourne, is supporting Piers Morgan. And so the show thinks that this is wrong because they're committed to a diverse, inclusive, and respectful workplace. Unless, of course, you think the wrong things about the wrong things. In which case, we have no diversity, we are not inclusive, and we are not respectful of your views, and we shut down production. Co-host Cheryl Underwood said, while you're standing by your friend, it appears that you are giving validation or safe haven to something that he has uttered that is racist. What did he utter that is racist? That he doesn't believe Meghan Markle? Not believing somebody doesn't make you racist. This is the kind of woke nonsense that we're starting to see fought. And it's also happening in the schools. This was a mom in Loudoun County, Virginia. Speaking to the school board about the nonsense and the hatred and the bigotry of critical race theory. This school district continues to show up on national news and it is absolutely embarrassing to see what once used to be the nation's leading uh, school district has desecrated to. This school district is upon almost every single school district in the nation that continues to force teachers through mandatory training where we are told to examine our whiteness, white privilege, white supremacy, microaggressions upon every other thing that is absolutely stupid and racist. Now the same school district wants to threaten to fire teachers who do not agree with a critical race theory. You are the face of privilege. You do not speak for us if you do not work with us. If you keep up this racist insanity, you will have successfully stripped us of every ounce of love of teaching. And so far, you have succeeded in doing that. Keep this up and you will lose all of your teachers at the same rate that you have been losing these incredible families who some of you fall asleep when they're trying to get your attention. God bless. You are not alone. We are not alone. The free and thinking people of America who won't buy into this hatred and this bigotry. We're the people prepared for open conversation. We're the people who want to listen. We're the people who want history to be taught. But we're the people who oppose this Marxism. We are the free and thinking people of the United States. And there are more of us than there are of them. We should act like it. I'm Tony Katz. So let's talk a little bit about ratings. And I'm going to let you decide whether this is bad, really bad, or damn. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. And this is a story about the ratings that are taking place in cable news. Because there have been people like Brian Stelter, and I've got more on Brian Stelter. He's just awful. Um, wanting to say, oh, look at how poorly, you know, uh, uh, look how poorly Newsmax is doing. Without looking at what's going on at CNN. Well, if you're not going to take a look at what's going on in your own backyard, you got a serious issue. So let's take a look at it. 
Noah Rothman, friend of the show, posted the primetime cable news weekday change in total audience from the first week in December to the first week in March. Right? What is the, what's going on with the total audience? Well, Don Lemon is down 32.5%. And Anderson Cooper is down 32.2%. And Chris Cuomo is down 28.5%. Yes! Yes! All right, that's not necessary. Don't hit a guy while he's down. Chris Hayes from MSNBC down 16.7%. Lawrence O'Donnell down 17.6%. Rachel Maddow down 9.1%. No, there are Fox people who are down as well. Laura Ingram is down 9.2%. Hannity is down 11.9%. Tucker is down 4.8%. This is only one part of the story. That's total. But what about in the key demographic, the advertising demographic of 25 to 54-year-olds? People, men and women, 25 to 54-year-olds. This is the key money demo for advertisers. Chris Hayes on MSNBC is down 29%. Lawrence O'Donnell is down 27%. Don Lemon is down 28%. Anderson Cooper is down 32.9%. Cuomo down 31.3%. Rachel Maddow is down 17.7%. There are Fox people involved in this too. Laura Ingram is down 136 and Hannity is down 17.1. Tucker is down 2.3. So out of everybody, Tucker is down in these minuscule amounts. Everybody else is into these near double digits or fully into the double digits. So what does this say about what's going on? Does this say that life without Donald Trump sucks for cable news? Does this say that people are no longer being brought into a level of hysteria so they need to find confirmation bias to have people who uh, believe what they already believe? Does it mean that they may actually have to start doing news as opposed to woke hate that people are disgusted by? Hmm. I'm Tony Katz. The New York Times just put out a retraction. No, it's not the New York Times, it's the Washington Post. No, it's the New York Times. No, it's the Washington Post. Actually, it's a twofer. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Let's start with the New York Times. And then I will bring you to the Washington Post. When I get to the Washington Post story, if you're driving, I'm going to need you not to let go of the wheel. I'll get to the story in just a moment. Let's start with the New York Times. The New York Times is, well, kind of saying that they owe Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, an apology. The story is at hotair.com. Ed Morrissey is writing. Because as, you know, they discuss it, what's going on in Florida when you talk about COVID cases, they opened up, but they did not have the uh the what what's the word i'm looking for they did not have the cases the problems that places like new york had new york had far serious problems more serious problems same with california florida did a better job certainly people died in florida but lockdown did not have to be the answer 
and the New York Times, writing that to bask in that feeling, even if it is only that, is to ignore the heavy toll the coronavirus exacted in Florida. One that is not yet over, more than 32,000 Floridians have died. An unthinkable cost that the state's leaders rarely acknowledge. What are they supposed to do? You know, rent their clothes and, and, and just sit there in tears every second of the day? They're, they're running a state. Miami-Dade County averaged more than 1,000 new coronavirus cases a day over the past two weeks, one of the nation's most serious outbreaks. And Florida is thought to have the highest concentration of B117, which is a variant of, of COVID, first identified in the UK, which is interesting that the New York Times said this because we're not allowed to notice uh, that coronavirus comes from Wuhan. Remember, if you noted that the virus was from China, you were a racist or something. But it's okay to note that the variant comes from the UK. Totally fine. F the Brits. Right? Isn't that is that or is that not right? New York Times. F these people. That's what I thought. They continue, yet Florida's death rate is no worse than the national average, and better than that of some other states that imposed more restrictions, despite its large numbers of retirees, young partiers, and tourists. Caseloads and hospitalizations across most of the state are down. Ten, no, here it is. Let me say it properly. The tens of thousands of people who died were in some ways the result of an unspoken grand bargain. The price paid for keeping as many people as possible employed, educated, and some Floridians would argue sane. Holy cow. That's your way of apologizing? That what Ron DeSantis and and officials did is say, ah, yeah, it's some dead people, but it's okay because we got spring break and that's cool. People die of the flu. People die of all sorts of things. You don't stop society. This is just a diseased thought. Florida had better outcomes than expected, better outcomes than other states, but it was all part of a grand bargain where they let people die. What's the big deal? If they had just hid in their homes... You'd only have 31,000 people dead instead of 32,000. They never ask about the cost. They play no, uh, uh, they pay no attention, and they, they, they think little of Bastiat about the unseen, about what was indeed given up. The people of Florida didn't have to hide under their beds. They didn't cause the virus. They don't have to live in fear. And as Ed Marcy points out justly, if Florida had better outcomes, what exactly is the unspoken grand bargain? It cannot, as Charles C.W. Cook of National Review points out, it cannot simultaneously be true that the tens of thousands of people who died were in some ways the result of an unspoken grand bargain and that Florida's death rate is no worse than the national average and better than that of some other states that impose more restrictions. This is just the New York Times hating you. This is the bias. And this is nothing compared to the Washington Post. Now, when I tell you that you're going to need to hold on to the wheel if you're driving, I am not joking. I... I can't say this enough. I cannot give enough ample warning to what is about to happen. Oh my God, okay, it's-
It's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. I cannot say it enough. You've been warned. If you're driving, hands on 10 and 2. If you're in your home, don't throw anything. If you're at work, headphones. This is a correction from the Washington Post. I am sorry that I missed this a few days ago. Are you ready? Here we go. Correction. Two months after the publication of this story, the Georgia Secretary of State released an audio recording of President Donald Trump's December phone call with the state's top elections investigator. You already know where this is going, don't you? Hands on 10 and 2! Do not, do not, do not list me as somebody who caused this accident. Of course, this is the famous phone call where we were told that Donald Trump said, you need to find the fraud, you need to switch some votes for me. This is a correction from the Washington Post. The recording revealed that the Post misquoted Trump's comments on the call based on information provided by a source. Trump did not tell the investigator to, quote, find the fraud, unquote, or say she would be a, quote, national hero, unquote, if she did so. Instead, Trump urged the investigator to scrutinize ballots in Fulton County, Georgia, asserting she would find, quote, dishonesty, unquote, there. He also told her that she had, quote, the most important job in the country right now, unquote. A story about the recording can be found here. The headline and text of this story have been corrected to remove quotes misattributed to Trump. I need you to breathe. I need you to keep breathing. As Mark Hemingway points out, the follow-up story from the Post, the headline is not Trump's remarks grossly misrepresented across media because we credulously fall for political ops. No, 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 no. It's not that honest. The Washington Post headline on the follow-up is Recording Reveals Details of Trump Call to Georgia's Chief Elections Investigator. They lied. And instead of even in, even admitting to the lie, the headline just says, oh, here's a follow-up on a story you don't care about. Have a nice day. We don't have to pay any attention to the fact or draw attention to the fact that we failed. You trust the media? How could you do it? And oh, I don't want to hear it from journalists or reporters who listen to this show or tell me that I'm unfairly uh, painting journalists. No, 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 no. Screw you. I get unfairly painted all the time. Oh, you're a right-wing radio host. You must be a racist and a white supremacist. You just hate black people and gay people. You probably hate Jews, too. I am Jewish. Oh, that's a likely story. I get this all the time, constantly. I am more honest than the Washington Post has ever been, possibly ever. What the hell is going on? They lied. They lied to move narrative because the truth is unimportant and inconsequential to them. They don't give a damn.
pay attention to the Washington Post at your at your peril. Pay attention to the New York Times at your peril. They lie. They manipulate. They fail to deal with things honestly. There is more honesty in talk radio than there has ever been in the past two decades in, in, in your local paper. I'm sorry, in your national paper. Your local paper might do it right. I don't know. Then certainly the New York Times and the Washington Post. There we go. We'll say it that way. Talk radio is more honest than the Washington Post and the New York Times. Because we've seen what it is they do. How much they hate you. They despise you. They loathe you. Honestly, trust them at your own peril. I'm Tony Katz. So I'd be, you know, remiss if I didn't discuss the fact that Andrew Cuomo is in a is in a seriously rough spot. Andrew Cuomo has got people calling for his resignation. He's the governor of New York, uh, inappropriate. Seven women saying he was inappropriate. Never mind all those people who can't discuss him being inappropriate because they're dead. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Twitter, Instagram, Parlor at Tony Katz. His policies killed people. That doesn't seem to be the thing that's sinking him. No, it's the seven women claiming sexual impropriety. Senators Gillibrand and Schumer, the senators of New York, saying he should resign. Nancy Pelosi won't call for him to, re- to resign. Uh, Vice President Harris, President Biden won't call for him to resign. Luckily, Vice President Harris, uh, you know, favors uh, women. Very, very strong about women and believing all women. Good on her. What, you felt the sarcasm? Hmm, that's what I was going for, so good on me. Then there's Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Representative Ocasio-Cortez thinks that Andrew Cuomo should resign. But in saying so, she also brought up the nursing homes. Well, bravo to you, Representative. Bringing up a very important subject in the conversation of whether or not Andrew Cuomo is good enough for the people of New York. Good for you. I was impressed, impressed that she would go down that road. And then something else happened. She got it right. She got it right in a discussion about Tibet. And I did not know there was Tibetan Uprising Day. I didn't know this was a a thing. But Tibet, of course, deals with the fact that China is an abusive hellscape. They believe in one China, just like Taiwan has to deal with this. And there is Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I have said repeatedly, only engages childlike policies. She may be a lovely person in person. She might be a great friend and all those things, but her policies are childlike. And I have described it and been able to, to prove it so. And then she does this. Today to commemorate the the 62nd anniversary of Tibetan Uprising Day. I have the honor of representing an incredibly diverse community of individuals at home in New York 14, many of whom who are Tibetan. And in fact, one of the largest constituencies of Tibetans in the world makes its home in New York 14. For decades, the Tibetan people have bravely fought for their freedom, including to seek and fight for the freedom to simply be Tibetan, to speak their language, to practice their Buddhist religion, to sustain their culture, their traditional medicine, their land, and to live freely in their own country. 
It is the responsibility of all those who, who value freedom of speech and expression to stand with them against gross human rights abuses. I am proud to stand with the Tibetan residents of New York 14 and all those across the country in their righteous fight against persecution. Holy crap. That's absolutely right. That is 100% accurate from Representative Ocasio-Cortez. As she put it out on Twitter, let me let me make sure I've got this here. Tibetans simply seek the freedom to be, to speak their language, practice their religion, sustain their culture, to live freely in their own country. This is absolutely correct. Now apply it to Christians. Now apply it to conservatives. Now apply it to Americans across the Midwest. And it's the same exact thing. They seek the freedom to be, to speak their language. Not be told what language to speak. Not to be told certain words are unacceptable. Not to be told if they don't speak that they're bigots or worse and have to deal with the struggle sessions of Mao's China in today's world. They want to practice their religion. There are Christians out there who just want to be Christians and don't want to be persecuted for it. They don't want to be attacked for it, shamed for it, laughed at for it, ostracized for it. They don't want to have to make a cake they don't want to make. Sustain their culture. Now, I think some people could take this in all sorts of interesting ways, and you could then call out Representative Ocasio-Cortez for pushing for such a thing. I maintain that American culture is simply better, that the melting pot is simply better, where we take these places where we're from and we bring it into the American experience as opposed to making it the, the key focus of who we are. We hyphenate ourselves, creating what could be called a fruit salad as opposed to a melting pot. If you're hyphenating, you're not being an American. Be an American. You don't have to forget where you're from. There's still Yiddish that my mother's using. She's an American. She's not a Polish American. She's an American. And to live freely in their own country. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Without critical race theory or anti-racism dividing us and destroying us, without this Marxism that wants to create class warfare and destroy us, we want to live freely in our own country. And some people are going to think things that suck, and some people are going to think things that are awesome. And we're going to laud and glorify the people who think awesome things, and we're going to dismiss the people who think gross things. But we can't physically or in any other way stop them. That's what it means to live freely. Representative Ocasio-Cortez is right on every single level, but I do not know whether or not she understands that this applies to her own country, to her own district, to her own state. We understand that it applies to us. So I'd like to welcome her to the party. This is everything we're talking about. Representative Ocasio-Cortez... Are you secretly a conservative and want to come out? Huh? Well, let me tell you. The door is open. That socialism stuff never did work, did it? Yeah, we know. We know. Not a bad first step, Representative. Let's try a second. I'm Tony Katz.